Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to another episode of The Standard is the Standard. I'm Jeff Hartman, the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me, as always, my co-host, Lance. Before I kick it over to Lance, I want to apologize to all our loyal listeners out there. Last week probably could have been one of the most listened-to episodes of not only the season, but maybe since we've been doing the show the past three years, all those transactions. We're going to talk about all the acquisitions, the departures, and Blog Talk Radio was having some major technical difficulties, and we were unable to have a show I was beyond pissed off, but that's the way it goes. With that said, uh, we do have a show tonight. We have a jam-packed show. We try to get in, in uh, all that information in 30 minutes to Lance. How's it going tonight? Give us a rundown, and why don't we just get right into things? Well, you sort of jumped into it already, Jeff, by talking about the transactions, but, of course, we're going to break down the game. We're going to talk about just how important the transactions are of course, we're going to break down the game. We're going to pick the first quarter of the season. And maybe if I can get Jeff to do it, we'll do some uh, some picking of the Steelers' final season, uh, regular season record. You know, Jeff doesn't like to do it, but because it's the first game of the season and we're so frisky, maybe we'll go ahead and pick the season. But let's jump into the transactions. And, this has been the busiest that I've seen the Steelers in quite some time entering a regular season. Now, I want to talk about a couple of things with the transactions, Jeff. I want to get your perspective on from a one to five, a rank in terms of importance to winning a championship, and then we're going to talk about why the Steelers are what seems to be in an even more aggressive mode going into the 2017-2018 season. But let's jump into the first really big transaction, and that's the acquisition of Joe Hayden 
signed a three-year deal for $27 million. Rank that in terms of importance to winning a championship for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and how might that acquisition transform this team? Uh, on a scale from one to five, five being the most important, I'm going to say that's a five. Uh, I just believe that the Steelers needed a cornerback. I mean, Joe Hayden, people have their – People have their question marks about Joe Hayden and, and whether he can still play and the injuries he had the last two years. But, I mean, for me, I look at it this way. Let's say Joe Hayden is only 75%. In my opinion, a 75% Joe Hayden is better than 100% Ross Cockrell or Cody Sensabaugh. And so you put Joe Hayden out there and you have him opposite Artie Burns, and all of a sudden your cornerbacks are pretty decent. I'm not saying they're shutdown corners that are, you know, some of the, the best duo in the NFL, but they're not the laughing stock of the league either. So Joe Hayden acquisition for me, in my opinion, out of one to five, it's a five. Very important. He's got experience. He's done it. He's been there. He's played in against those big big name players. You know, we're not talking about a rookie here. We're not talking about a second year player. This is a season veteran, been to the Pro Bowl. I say a five. What do you say, Lance? I would agree. I think it's a five, definitely. I think what it does for the Steelers, it gives that defense some flexibility. It allows them to play more man coverages, and it also gives them some versatility in the type of zone coverages that they want to run, specifically two-man. That's where you have two high safeties, and you can play man coverage underneath, which will be an effective coverage against the Patriots. So I think it's a very aggressive move that they made in targeting him I think it indicated to them that they were weak in the defensive secondary and that it was something that they had to address. I agree that, and that's one of the transactions that occurred, was the trading of Ross Cockrell to the New York Giants for a conditional pick in 2018. And what it it said was they weren't satisfied. And I think that's what we've seen in their whole go mode. And it's not to say that they haven't been in go mode in previous seasons, but they're in good mode right now. But I agree with you, Jeff. I think this move gives this defense a lot of flexibility if he is Joe Hayden, even if he's the 75% Joe Hayden. Like you said, it's a much of an upgrade to Cocky, a.k.a. Ross Cockrell, to do the second big transaction, the acquisition of Vance McDonald. Rate that acquisition in terms of impact and importance to winning the championship. Uh, Vance McDonald, I'm going to go with a three. Um, I just think that he's good depth as a position. He could maybe challenge Jesse James for the starting spot. He does have blocking skills are very similar, maybe a little bit better than Jesse James. His receiving, very inconsistent. I'd probably compare him more to Xavier Grimble in that area, but what he does have, that Jesse James or Grimble don't is that breakaway speed and the ability to stretch the scene. Um, you know, the more I look at film on him, the more I think that, you know, it was a good move. He's an upgrade over David Johnson, who was released. But at the same time, he's not going to be a – I don't think he's going to be a game-breaker. I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I hope I am. But I think he's going to be a good blocker. I think he's going to play in a lot of two tight end sets. Um I think ultimately that if he can get a little bit more consistency, and let's let's be honest, everyone talks about how bad he was. Look at who was throwing him the ball out there, you know. Ben Roethlisberger is a different beast. 
the Steelers could put him in, in, in areas like the red zone where he can succeed. He's a big body guy. You know, maybe he could make an impact, but I'm going to say three. What do you think, Lance? I'm going to say a four, and it's not necessarily because of his individual ability, but I think it's what it allows the Steeler offense to do. It gives them another chess piece on that offense to where they can utilize a lot of two tight end stuff where you've got two tight ends that can run. And when you look at him and you look at his tape, his ability to run the seams, they were absolutely lying when they made the movie White Men Can't Jump because that boy can jump and that boy can run. He can flat out run. Watching him run away from Luke Keekley in the highlight last year of the Niners against Carolina, I believe it was last year, he can flat out run. You put that type of speed in that big body on the scenes with what else they're putting out there, and I shared this stat with Jeff uh, earlier this week, that when the Killer Bees played together, they averaged an NFL best seven yards per play, and you're adding that type of speed to that offense, that's just another chess piece for this offense to really get at defense. It's into a defensive transaction, and they traded for J.J. Wilcox. They traded away the sixth pick that they acquired in the trade of Sammy Coates, and we're going to talk about the Sammy Coates trade, Jeff, as well. But what's your thoughts in terms of importance of the acquisition of J.J. Wilcox? Drink run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're going to say. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. That's right. You the champ. The drink run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the drink run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for $2 on McDonald's one two three dollars menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. I'm not going to lie to you and suggest that, you know, some of these people do this on Twitter and, you know, they just hit a Google search real quick and they go, oh, yeah, I knew all about this guy. I never even heard of this guy. He'd been in the league for four years. He played for Dallas. He was drafted by Dallas. He was traded to Tampa Bay. Um, I didn't know jack squat about him. But doing my diligence, being the editor of the website, I did some research, found some film. i tell you what. I'm not saying he's going to supplant Mike Mitchell as the starting safety, although I do think he's quality backup if Mitchell does get injured or if something even happens to Sean Davis. I think he could fill in in both of those positions. I think he's going to be that dime, nickel and dime backer they can put on the field. He played that hybrid role for Dallas a lot. This guy can freaking hit, man. 
Lance, if you haven't watched film on him yet, I suggest you do because he's right up your alley. He lays the lumber. When he when he hits somebody, he's not going backwards. Uh, let me just say that. I mean, you watch, you pull up YouTube, just type in his uh, J.J. Wilcox highlights, and my goodness, this guy can hit. He's fast. He can cover. Uh, in terms of if we're still doing the one to five, I'd say he's a three like uh, McDonald is because I just think he's there as quality depth. Um, I think he will see the field, like I said, in some packages as a, as a safety slash linebacker that can kind of cover tight ends. He can still come in the box and stop the run. He's very good at that. Um, but nonetheless, I think that uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, I'd give it a three. Good pickup. I like the trade. Hey, you just moved a six-round pick from Sandy Coates. We'll talk about that guy in a second. But uh, I, I liked it. What do you think? I like the move. I'm going to put it at a two slash maybe three, so I'll give it a two and a half. And we haven't seen Mike Mitchell play this preseason. He's been nicked up and banged up. And it's obvious when you listen to Mike Tomlin's press conferences that Mike Mitchell's probably not going to play. I mean, he, he's – and if he does play, it'll be very limited. I have not been impressed by Robert Golden in the preseason. So I think they needed to bring in a guy like this for depth. And I would not be surprised if he gets team snaps in the game on Sunday. He's a bumper, like you said, Jeff, and it's depth. And what you see with some of these moves is that the Steelers are applying the putty. They're applying the plaster, and they're trying to patch up all these deficiencies and these gaps as they move forward in the season. And I think J.J. Wilcox is one of those guys. What's your thoughts, though, Jeff, about – the trade of Sammy Coates. I talked to my dad a lot about Steelers football, and he was very reticent about the move. He thought that the Steelers at some point may even regret the move of Sammy Coates. I didn't regard Sammy Coates very highly. You know, I thought Sammy Coates has a unique ability to stretch the field, but I thought Justin Hunter can do that as well as he displayed in the last game against the Carolina Panthers. Do you think this is a big loss with Sammy Coates? Because I don't. No, I don't think it is either. Um, uh, you said a year ago, would it have been a big loss possibly? And let's be honest, it all hinges on Martavis Bryant. If Martavis Bryant can keep himself clean, can stay with the team and stay on the field, Sammy Coates wasn't going to see the field anyway. And to be honest with you, after his knee injury that, that caused him to get a uh, knee scope before training camp uh, and, and all that other stuff that was going on, you know, tr- trying to battle back uh, onto the football field, he wasn't even going to play if he made the team. Just like Justin Hunter is probably not going to be a game day active player. He's on the 53 man roster, but you don't you don't need him. You know when Martavis Bryant, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell are all on the field, you're only going to pull out Juju Smith-Schuster and Eli Rogers if you need him. Other than that, Darius Hayward Bay is a special team guy. He's going to get the hat over Justin Hunter. Stanley Coates, in my opinion, was going to get cut, and the Steelers put a few, put the feelers out there. And they got something for him. And this will tie right into Ross Cockrell. Ross Cockrell was going to get cut. And so they, they found a trade partner. To me, this is great business. You're going to give – you know, look at the Cleveland Browns. Okay, the Cleveland Browns said, Joe Hayden wants you to take a pay cut. He said no. They cut him. Pittsburgh picks him up. He gets paid the same amount that Cleveland wanted him to take a pay cut for. But he's playing in Pittsburgh, Super Bowl contender. Uh, you look at these two transactions with Pittsburgh, it's the total opposite. They were going to get cut. The Steelers go out and they get a six-round draft pick for Sammy Coates, which they end up leveraging into the J.J. Wilcox trade. 
And then in Ross Cockle, it's a conditional draft pick. So it probably depends on how much he plays. I haven't heard what round that is. But still, I, I, that's good business in my opinion. I'm not upset that they like to have a coach or Cockrell. Why? Because they have a Justin Hunter. They have plenty of receiving options. And on the defensive side of things, they now have Joe Hayden and a little guy named Mike Hilton. Who, boy, is that guy feisty as hell. I love him. Love that Mike Hilton. I just want to throw that out there. But, Lance, were you upset? You said you weren't upset with Sammy Coates. But did you like the move with the trade and the draft pick as well as what do you think about Ross Cockrell? Yeah. You know, I was you know, I always thought Ross Cockrell, aka Cocky, was a solid player. But when Ross Cockrell is your starting cornerback, you're not a legitimate championship contender. In all in all honesty. And I talked about it a couple of weeks ago when I was very down about the personnel that they were putting out there at the cornerback position. I just didn't think that it gave them enough versatility defensively to deal with the New England. But you bring in Joe Hayden, you have Artie Burns, you have two guys that can presumably man up, which gives you a lot of options, especially if your pass rush is taking names and kicking booty. So I, I don't mind Cockrell. They tried to get rid of Cockrell several times before uh, this whole camp. They brought him offensive ball, took away his snaps, so that was writing on the wall. He was either going to get cut a guy and get nothing. Talk to this and what you think this means. Hayward restructured his deal this year. They converted $5 million of salary into bonus. And, Jeff, you've been, you've been Confucius this offseason in predicting what's going to happen when certain moves are made. And I, I think – I know what you're going to say, what's going to happen because of this transaction. Yeah, see, it's going to get a new deal. And I think it's going to happen sooner than later. Um, There's no reason why the Steelers would do this unless they're trying to throw more money and stuff onto it, period. Cameron Hayward was under contract. He had gotten his money a couple years ago. Uh, They had enough salary cap space to survive this season and to pay their practice players and potential injury settlements and all the other stuff that goes into an NFL salary cap, they didn't have to do this. It's not like they're just restructuring Cam Hayward's contract because, well, they felt like restructuring Cam Hayward's contract. No, they restructured it for a reason, and that's because they needed to free up money to throw more money to step onto it. Now, my only concern is, and I don't think the Steelers do business this way, is that he, they, they know the number they need to get to, they restructure him to give him that number, and a deal gets done. That's my that's my prediction. I don't think it's a, well, maybe if we restructure Cam Hayward and then give him this option, he'll take it. I think that two its agents said, look, either get here or we're not signing, and then we'll test free agency after the season. And the Steelers said, no, 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 we'll get it. Here it is. And then they slide in the money. So they move money around. Uh, signing bonus money can be deferred and all that other stuff. It's just jargon that most NFL fans don't really need to know. Uh, and then they can throw more money, technically $5 million more, at Stefan Tuitt. I think Stefan Tuitt gets a contract extension. He gets a healthy bonus. And uh, I think he's going to be in Pittsburgh for, I'll say, another four seasons after this one. Remember, it's an extension. So technically a new five-year contract, uh, but I'll say his extension will be a four-year deal. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. You know, they'll tack on, you know, tack on those years. And according to Ian Whetstone of Steel Curtain, uh, of Jim Wexel's site, SteelCityInsider.com, 
and this might have been before the Wilcox couple of the moves, I think it was earlier this week, they did so many transactions that it's hard to keep track of. But at that point, with the top 51 period coming to an end, the Steelers had about $7.5 million in salary cap space, which is more than enough space. And people would be amazed at how little space you actually have to have to do a big deal. People just think you have to have a tremendous amount of cap space, like you know, $50 million left, but you really don't. You don't have to have all that space to get a deal done. But let's switch reels and stop talking about these transactions. To a man, everybody in Steeler Nation is impressed about the aggressiveness. The question I have is why are the Steelers, or are the Steelers, you, you, you tell me, Jeff, more aggressive than they typically are? Let me pose this, and I put this out there on Twitter. Agree with me or not? I said there are two things that have made the Steelers a lot more aggressive than they typically have been. One was the way in which they lost the AFC Championship. And two, if your franchise quarterback is basically saying it's a year-to-year proposition, I think it puts your entire franchise on high alert. What's your thoughts, Jeff? I, I agree with you to an extent, but to me, that's not the business side of the NFL. So, yeah, the way they lose suck, and the Ben Roethlisberger threat in retirement, maybe kick him in the butt a little bit, yes. To me, it comes down to one thing, and it's not what you said. So, in a way, I'm going to disagree with you. They actually had salary cap space, Lance. Think about that for a second. So, go back the last five, seven, ten years when they were – throwing all these, all these contract restructures like we just saw and talked about with Cam Hayward. And that was regular yearly business. We're just going to kick the can down the road, and eventually we're going to have to pick it up. And, well, then they had to pick it up, and they, had, they were up to the cap limit almost every single year. And when you do that, you limit what you can do when the cuts are happening. Now, Mike Tomlin spoke of this at his Tuesday press conference where he talked about how the way the NFL has changed things now, from going 90 to 53 in terms of players on your roster, it used to go 90 to 75, 75 to 53. Now it's straight 90 to 53. That leaves all those players out there, and it's almost like free agency all over again. And the Steelers had space to sign guys. They had space to throw money at guys like Joe Hayden, J.J. Wilcox. They were trading people. They were trading drastics. They actually had the freedom of being able to make maneuvers. That's my personal opinion. A lot of people – I'm not discrediting what you said. I just think that that's not the way the Steelers work. I don't think Mike Tomlin goes into Art Rooney's office and says, man, we just got smoked, or vice versa. Art Rooney goes into Tomlin's office and says, we need to be more aggressive. I think they looked at it and said, we might not love our roster right now, but we actually have salary cap space now, and the way the NFL is doing things at at the cut-down day, we can still make some moves to make this team better. And that's exactly what they did. So – that's my opinion. Do you, do you take any credence to that, or are you, you going to stick by your guns? No, I'm, I'm going to add it to, to what I said. I, 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 could, I could see a scenario where it's all three of those. Having the space to actually do something on top of the other two, you put all those three things together, and it all happens. But I know for sure, you know, just in my heart of hearts, that, you know, when your franchise guy says, you know, he flirts with retirement every other press conference. You have to be in absolute go mode. You have to because you just do not know when you're going to find that guy again. But speaking about the roster, 
any surprises? Well, hold on, hold on, on hold on, Lance. Hold on, let me ask uh-huh. you one. Let me ask. Let me ask you one follow-up question there. Ben Roethlisberger, do you think that he is? He said all this stuff and played this up because he wanted them to be more aggressive. That he realized the team that they have, and that he's really not a hundred percent serious about retirement. Or do you think that? He actually is serious about retirement, and this is just the uh, Steelers' reaction to those comments. I think he's 100% serious about retirement. I mean, he has, what, two or three small kids. He's been in the game about 14 years. He's taken a zillion hits. He's at the end of the road, and he wants to go out with another ring to get a a third to guarantee his place in in the National Football League Hall of Fame. So I think he's absolutely serious. And I think you have to take it that way because he says it all the time. And we know how Ben likes to use the media to push certain messages in a passive, sort of passive-aggressive way. So I absolutely believe he is 100% uh, true, being truthful about him considering retirement, absolutely truthful. And I think if you hear your quarterback say that, you have to assume that it is true and you have to uh, move accordingly. Uh, but with that being said, let's go back to the question, and let's shift to the roster. Any surprising, any surprises, excuse me, any glaring omissions, any guy that made it that you absolutely love and that you're glad that this guy made the roster? Um, I'm, I was extremely happy for Terrell Watson and Mike Hilton. Uh, both of those players, leveraged a very, very good preseason into a spot on the 53-man roster. And that's not common. We've all seen it before. On the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, we always have the Isaac Redman Award winner. It's the player that shows out in training camp. But a lot of times those players don't even make the team if they even make the practice squad. Uh, Here you have two guys that could potentially have been the Isaac Redman Award winner. And they actually made the 53-man roster. Now, I'm going to go one step further and talk about a disappointment. I don't know why Daniel McCullers is still on this team, okay? Um, as happy as I was at Hilton and Watson made the team because I thought they were deserving, Daniel McCullers to me is just a giant, and I mean giant figuratively and literally, waste of a roster spot. He only plays special teams because he's a huge man trying to knock down a kick or a punt, and he plays in goal line situations, and he's not even good at that. And the fact of the matter is, if you listen to Coach Mitchell, the defensive line coach, his comments about McCullers is that LT Walden or Tyson Alawalu will play the nose tackle behind Hargrave before McCullers will. Why in the hell are you wasting a roster spot on that guy? But you know what? That's just my feeling. Lance, what about you? What were your what were your players that you were happy about and maybe players that you were scratching your head saying, Man, I can't believe they made this roster. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. 
bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. When it rains, hit the lathes. Experience the best in weatherproof fun at Bolero. Bowl, play games, and treat your taste buds to Bolero's signature menu. Don't get wet, go bowling. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. You stole my thunder, so I had to scramble to think of a guy, a couple of guys to fit those categories. You stole my thunder with all those players. But I am glad that LJ Fort made it. I love the way he was playing in preseason with a ton of physicality yeah. and a ton of speed and aggressiveness. I thought he stood out to me. So that's a, that's a guy that I love who made it a surprise to me, and I know why he made it, and he made it because of special teams, is Darius Hayward Bay, DHB. And, and I say that because I would have rather had Air stay on the team instead of DHB. You know, I know that DHB brings some value in special teams, but I think Ayers is a better player and a better receiver and younger. So I would have liked to have seen Ayers stay. And I am absolutely surprised about Daniel McCullers because that role of player doesn't really have the same type of value in the NFL, and especially a guy that isn't really disruptive like a Brandon Williams on top of that who's absolutely smashing the run as well. You know, I just don't understand why McCullers is on the roster. You know, maybe it's to get ribs, get hot dogs, get snacks, you know, something like that. He looks a little <laughs> snacky. So, like, you know, I mean, you know, get popcorn for the coaches, you know, something like that. So, you know, I was pretty surprised at that. But overall, let me ask you this, Jeff. Top to bottom with the acquisition of Hayden Wilcox and the new tight end for the 49ers, this roster is about as complete as I've seen in quite some time. I think this is the best that I've seen this Steeler roster probably in the last five to seven years. What's, what's your thoughts? I 100% agree. And when you say, you know, it's the best, the most complete roster you've seen in a while, I, I challenge anyone to say, name a roster that just on paper is better. You go back to those early 2000 teams, you know, that. Uh, obviously, in 2005 and 2009, they won the Super Bowl, and they were great teams, but mainly just a great defense. The offense, I mean, you had some playmakers, Hines Ward, Antonio Holmes, Ben Roethlisberger. The offensive line was atrocious. And you did have Heath Miller. This offense is the best offense, I would have to say, in my lifetime, which I'm only 34 years old, so Lance, obviously you predate me. You go back to those 70s teams that had a pretty legit <laughs> offense as well. But, uh, you know... <laughs> I'll let you talk about those old man things. But I'm saying from a modern perspective, um, this is the best offense that the Steelers have ever had, ever. And on defense, I think they're young, they're fast, they're aggressive. Um, they, they're not as good as the James Ferrier, Troy Polamalu, Ryan Clark, Aaron Smith, um, uh, James Harrison, the, all those guys. They're not that defense. But I think that they could – I wrote an article today about my some bold predictions for the defense. I think that they could be a top-10 defense – in the NFL this year. I just think that they're going to be opportunistic. I think they're going to get after the quarterback. I like what I've seen from Bud Dupree and J.J. Watt in the preseason. I've got big hopes for this team, but like you always say, Lance, I'm Joy. You're not. What do you think? 
with the acquisition of Hayden and what that can do potentially schematically for what they want to do on defense, I would agree that I, I think the arrow is definitely pointed up for this defense. And there was a play that stood out in the fourth preseason game where Watt and Dupree were screaming around the edge, and they literally bumped heads, missing the quarterback. They they were around those tackles so fast, and, and Bud Dupree has looked really good, scaring, scary good in, in the preseason. We'll see how that translates into the Browns game. But speaking of the Browns game, let's break this game down, Jeff. Give me some of your key matchups real briefly on the offensive side of the football in this matchup to start up a 2017 campaign as the Steelers travel to that dump we call Cleveland. <laughs> well, it's going to be short and sweet here. Um, the, the news today that Miles Garrett has a potentially serious ankle injury totally changes everything because that is a, a, a man-child. He's a young man, but I'll tell you what, the guy is good if you watch him play. He gets after the quarterback. There's a reason he was the number one overall draft pick. But if he doesn't play, then I really can I, I can see the Pittsburgh Steelers sending a message to everybody, their fans, the other teams, and even to themselves, that this offense is not going to be toyed with this year, and they're going to impose their will, which is something I've always wanted to see them do under Todd Haley, and yet they always struggle. I think they're going to have a good mixture of, of pass and run, there's no reason right now for the team to come out of the gate in a pass-heavy or run-heavy look. They're good enough to do both. If one's working better than the other in the second quarter after halftime, then, yeah, ride that horse until it dies. But ultimately, come out balanced. I want to see Roethlisberger be decisive. I want to see him making good crisp throws. Last year, just something seemed off. Uh, his throws were not as accurate as we're close to seeing. I think that he's going to be just as good as ever. And I think Le'Veon Bell, I'm going to say it right now, he's going to get 25 or more touches in the game on Sunday. Book it. What do you think, Lance? As the bell turns, I'm going to differ slightly. (laughs) I think the Garrett injury is huge. I hope the mindset for the Steelers' offense is let's get out. Let's get out here. Put three wide receivers out here, and let's try – to jump on teams immediately. They have the personnel. They have the firepower to be in go-aggressive mode at all times against anyone. Because I don't think there's a defense in the National Football League that matches up to them. And I hope that they are absolutely in aggressive mode, where they are passing downfield aggressively early to get leads, and then they are running teams out of the gym and shortening the game once they have those leads very Bill Cower-esque type philosophy on offense. But I don't think there's anything that Cleveland can do to stop this offense in this game, and I think they're going to have a fantastic game. On the defensive side of football, there was a stat that I wanted to point out of the Steelers' 38 sacks last year. They got 12 of those against the Cleveland Browns. And we ripped the Steelers' pass rush, or I know I did all last year, leading up into that game. And the Steelers' pass rush and their defense as a whole start to play much better after that Browns game. than that first Browns game last year, they teed off on the Browns and got eight sacks. With the rookie quarterback of Deshaun Kaiser, average offensive line at best, I think the Steelers really get after this rookie, and they really 
ratchet up the pressure, turn them over several times. And I think this game will be comfortably in the Steelers' hands at some point in the middle of the third quarter. Some matchups to look at would be Gilbert and Garrett. But Garrett may not play. Dupree versus Sean Coleman. And I'd like to see the matchup of Britt and Coleman versus Burns and Hayton. And I'm really looking to see how Hayden is utilized. And I really want to see what uh, J.J. Watt, or excuse me, T.J. Watt looks like um, in this first game. But I, I really think this is going to be a dominant performance by this defense against the Cleveland Browns to start off the season. Give me a score, Jeff. Give me a prediction. Um, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh Steelers, 34, Cleveland Browns, 17. 34-17, Pittsburgh wins. That, that that beats the spread for those that are keeping track of that at home. It's a minus nine for Pittsburgh right now. So I've got the Steelers winning those against the spread as well as straight up. 34-17, what do you have, Lance? I'm going to go 35-13. I think it's going to be just an absolute beatdown, and this will be a chance for some of their starters to get some rest. I don't think I would overuse Le'Veon Bell in this game. He just got back. He's not in football shape. You know, maybe you lean on John Connor some. Uh, so I'd go that route. But I think they're going to absolutely pimp slap. Excuse me. And, yes, I did say that. I think they're going to pimp slap the Cleveland Frowns. The Cleveland Frowns. They're absolutely going to pimp slap the Frowns. Uh, but in terms of predictions, let me throw this one out to you as well. Give me the over-under on the sack count. I'm going to put it at five. Over or under uh, see, five sacks? See, listeners, this is a question that I was he asked me earlier in the week uh, via text message, and I waffled around on it, and he called me a little bitch and told me to pick something. So um, <laughs> I think that I think that <laughs> I think it's definitely over. Uh, I think they'll finish with seven sacks. I think it's going to be a, a lot from a lot of different guys. Uh, I don't think there's going to be one guy that's going to have like three or four, although it could be Bud Dupree. I think what Kaiser's going to get is he's going to, he's a mobile guy. He's going to scramble a little bit, and you're going to get some of those sacks where it's a tackle behind the line of scrimmage, uh, but it's still considered a sack. Um, I'll say that Bud Dupree has three, and then you'll get guys like uh, T.J. Watt with one, uh, two and Hayward maybe with one, uh, and I think even Javon Hargrave gets on the action. I think it's going to be kind of spread the love around, but I want to say over. You have an over or under? I'm going to take the over as well. I say they get eight sacks like they did in the first game last year, and Kaiser gets pulled probably. No, I don't think Kaiser will get pulled, but Kaiser's going to get beat up. There's going to be a lot of quarterback hits, a lot of hurries, a lot of pressures, a lot of sacks, and a couple of turnovers. But let's, before we conclude the show, we got one more segment. Give me your record for the Steelers this year. We were going to pick the first four games. You want to still pick the first four games, Jeff? Or you want to just give me yeah. uh, the, the record well, for I'll the Steelers you, this year? Well, I'll give you both. The Steelers are going to be 4-0 after the first four games. And I know they play the Ravens in that fourth game. But the Ravens are going to be coming back from London the week before. Most people don't realize this, but they had the option of getting a bye week in week four, and they, they said no. They turned it down until it seems like the NFL said, okay, F you guys, good luck with Pittsburgh again on week four. So I like the Steelers in all four of those games. I think they win all four of them. They should be at 4-0 after the first quarter. 
I think this team is going to be a force that's only going to get better as they go. In other words, you get guys like Joe Hayden and Wilcox and McDonald to get comfortable, and you get Artie Burns and those guys to be more gelled with each other. It's only going to be better. I see this team at 12-4, and four, at, the, at the best 13-3, and three, and at the worst 11-5. and five. But I have it right in the middle of 12-4, and four, and I think they're going to be really close to home field advantage. It's going to depend on that Week 15 game against New England at Heinz Field that's going to decide it. What do you think, Lance? Listeners, do you smell with Jeff is cooking, and I think I smell what Jeff. The only reason why I'm not picking in 13 and three is because of Ben Roethlisberger. If he'll be able to stay healthy for a complete 15, 16 game. With that being said, and what I saw from Larry Jones in the preseason, specifically his comfort and pocket mobility, I'm all in on 12 and four. And I think the number one seed in the AFC will be decided in Heinz Field. And so we'll just have to wait and see when it goes down against those Patriots. So before we get out of here, Jeff, let the listeners know what you got on deck for them as we get ready for some football. Absolutely. Well, before I get into that, let me tell you that the show is sponsored by Frank Walker Law, the top criminal defense firm to call in Western Pennsylvania and West Virginia, and home to one of the nation's top 100 ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker. You can call his PA office at 412-212-3878, or check him out on his website, frankwalkerlaw.com, to see how he can help you in your time of need. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. For BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, we have a ton of stuff coming for you. Uh, we've got uh, some breakdowns. Uh, I know one of our writers is working really hard on a film breakdown of Joe Hayden in terms of what Joe Hayden or the Steelers going to get, the, the the old pro bowler or the yeah, injured kind of groin guy. We'll see. Uh, we also have expert picks for week one. We're going to have some information on AFC uh, breakdowns for the game tomorrow night, the kickoff game against the Chiefs and the Patriots. Uh, as well as just a ton of other stuff. Uh, we're averaging probably eight articles a day, and it comes all throughout the day. So it should be your one-stop shop for Steelers information. Make sure you check it out, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Lance, why don't you send us off tonight? Get your popcorn ready, Steelers fans, because if the killer bees stay healthy, it's going to be like something you have never seen before. Just remember, we told it to you here on the standard is the stand. Amen, brother. We'll see you next week, hopefully when the Steelers are 1-0. and See ya. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. 
This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.